Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Fantasy Sports Today, FST, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King. Scott Angle are taking this hour to talk to you about the headlines, news, and notes and get you ready for the Week 11 games. Thank you to everybody listening on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, and a number of terrestrial radio stations across the country. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to get you ready to win your leagues and win that cash. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing on a Wednesday where we finally know one thing definitively, and that's that Le'Veon Bell is not going to play football in the 2018 NFL season? Doing okay. I have James Conner in uh, the celebrity league that I'm in, and my running backs in that league are Conner, Mixon, and uh, Nick Chubb. So I'm feeling pretty good on a Wednesday morning with that team being (laughs) 8-2. That works pretty well for me. Those sound like some stud running backs and running backs that can even hit the bye week concerns. If you lose Chubb, no problem. I got Connor and Mixon to go. There are six teams on bye this week, Scotty. There are the San Francisco 49ers, the Cleveland Browns, and the entire AFC East has a bye this week. But the, let's not bury the headline. You know, the stare down has finished. Le'Veon Bell is not signing his franchise tender. He is not joining the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's going to be pretty much, although there is still an opportunity, let's say, for the Steelers to transition, tag him, trade him, stuff like that. We just think this marriage has ended. Le'Veon Bell is likely going to hit the open market in March with, you know, one less year of wear and tear than the average 28-year-old running back. Um, What do you think for Lev Bell, and what do you think for the Steelers? Well, for Lev Bell, you know, he made he made his decision. Everybody wants to speculate, uh, you know, wildly about why he made this decision and making all that money. We don't make as much money as he does. And, you know, he can afford to take the hit. He's going to make it back, uh, you know, when he hits the open market. There's an outside shot the Steelers can transition him and maybe try to trade him. But that, that's kind of right. confusing language to me. Trying to follow all along is crazy. But lesson learned to fantasy players. Stop trying to predict what's going to happen because you just don't know. We saw with the Ezekiel Elliott suspension last year. You don't know how these things are going to work out. If a guy's Usually my rule is if a guy's going to hold out, I don't draft him. And mm-hmm. I didn't draft him at Le'Veon Bell in a single league. The only league where I had him is where I share a team with somebody else, and you know he de- he really really wanted Bell, and you know he pays for the team. I don't. I'm a consultant, <laughs> and so he made the pick. But then I helped him flip Sony Michelle for Levy on Bell for Sony Michelle. So I try to avoid these situations. I didn't draft Zeke. I I did draft Zeke last year when he fell in like the third round, 
But still, you know, I knew I was taking a, taking a risk there, and it depended on what league I am. For the most part, though, I try to avoid these situations, and I don't try to trade into them. Yep, that makes sense to me. Absolutely. There are people far and wide who literally drafted Le'Veon Bell number one overall in redraft leagues, and he is going to return zero points for you on the season. Absolutely amazing. Um, Just for the fantasy impact real quick, um, we've talked about, we've recommended, Scott, the idea that at this point in the season, once we get through those buys, you really need to handcuff your workhorse studs. One of the other things that have come out of the results of yesterday is that James Conner is now a locked and loaded RB1 workhorse stud. So that being said, who's the handcuff there for Conner owners? Who do they run out and grab this morning? Jalen Samuels. You know, I've been talking yep. on the Roto Experts uh, early this week, you know, in my advanced scout about how he came. He was the one who came in the game when Conner went into the concussion protocol last week and scored his first NFL touchdown. Mike Tomlin's talking him up. Steven Ridley's just on uh, on the roster pretty much as a war body. Yep, absolutely. So Jalen Samuels, and don't forget, Scotty, remember, at least in some formats and some websites, Jalen Samuels also has tight end eligibility. Do you know, like, how that happened? Was he an H-back in college? Did he play a little tight end in the preseason? Why is he split eligible like this? I have not seen this since all the way back in the day. I believe, I believe Marcus Colston, Scott. Yes, Back in the yes. day with the same started off kind of with this kind of dual eligibility, but we don't see this a lot. We talked about but maybe Patterson, Patterson now has dual earning el- it. eligibility right. too. Yeah. <clears throat> so what Could what, we uh, see this for Theo Riddick if he if he starts that's lining an interesting up in the slot idea. a lot? Right. So do you have any read on though on what how Samuels earned that tight end eligibility? Was he a tight end in college, something like that? An I know Chris maybe? Mitchell of Roto Experts lifted him as a deep sleeper in his preseason yeah. columns. And he was some and of that. in the pre in the preseason. He was already being listed as a, as a tight end and a running back, et cetera. So that was already pre existing. All right. Um, and then the other big news from yesterday: the NFL has decided, because of unsafe field conditions, to move the Monday Night Football game that was set up to be, oh my goodness, maybe the matchup of the year. Two nine and one teams going at it. Nice game for that audience in Mexico, but it's not going to happen down there in Stadium Azteca. The NFL has moved this game back to Los Angeles, and Vegas responded. The Rams have moved from a two-and-a-half point favorite to a three-and-a-half point favorite now that this game is no longer on a neutral field, Scott. Yeah, it's uh, you know, these teams are going to score a lot of points no matter what field they're, they're on. You know, the line is moved now because you know, by a half point because the Rams are at home. But uh, you know, this is good fantasy wise because you know now the players can have a clear head. They can just go ahead and practice where they're going to practice. Yep, absolutely. That sounds good. Remember, the Rams are already on the run away from the wildfires. They were going to be practicing in Colorado Springs to get used to the altitude, um, but now they will at least get the ability to sleep in their own bed. Um, you know going into this Monday night game that I know a lot of people are excited to see. Scotty, the total for this Monday night game is 63 and a half. Like, don't you kind of have to bet the over? <laughs> I think you have to. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I think you have to. You're thinking like a 38-34 final. You know, the Chiefs, on the, they're better at, at home on defense, but... You know, you, you're talking like what, what did they give up to Seattle last week? It's, you know, no one has stopped 30. any of the either yeah. of these teams. 
No one has stopped yeah. either of these teams. 63 and a half, right? What gets it done is a 33-31 game. That would get it done. Anything above that. Like, if both teams are in the 30s and both teams are averaging, I believe, like 32, 33 points a game, if both teams wind up in the 30s, this is going over. And, I, I like, I'd be interested to see how far this total moves. I would love to see the line movement on this total throughout the week, you know. I, what, I, almost, let me ask it to you this way, Scott. How high would it have to go for you to take the under? 75. Really? Yeah. If this goes up to 70, you would still take the over? I'd be daring and I'd do it. I know. You know what's interesting crazy. to me, though? It's like, it's like, which one of these defenses can get a stop when they need it? And I, I think Kansas City is, is a little better in that regard. And when I'm looking at the teams... Like, defense doesn't win championships anymore in terms right. of a shutdown defense. Right. But I think when it comes down to defense, you get to stop, and you're looking at the Super Bowl teams, which one of the elite teams in either conference can get a defensive stop that you would have confidence in in a, in a very key mm-hmm. situation? And I, I yep. got to say, in, in, uh, in the NFC, it's probably New Orleans. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is possible. And the way you just framed that, Scotty, makes me really love my dark horse team in the AFC, the Chargers, because you know what can get a stop? Melvin Ingram and Joey Boza putting pressure on the quarterback. That's what can get a stop, in my opinion, when these elite offenses, you know, go after it. Let me ask it to you this way in this Monday Night Football game. I will say this about the Chargers, though. Yeah. One thing about the Chargers, though. Yeah. Tom Brady, you know, can't still rule him out. I know they lost to the Titans. You know, they're still going to be there. Ben yeah. Roethlisberger has won two Super Bowls. He's, he's a proven winner right there. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, you know, we don't know about him. You know, he's, he hasn't failed at all. Phillip Rivers has never shown that he can win the big game, ever. This is true. This is true. As a Jets fan, I remember them going into – uh, going into San Diego at that point in time and winning. You know, also, that one year they had a chance, but, like, LaDainian Tomlinson played the AFC Championship game on a torn ACL. Remember that one? Yep. <laughs> like, so, I mean, they've had their chances, but you're right. Uh, but the question is, is this a different Chargers team? Phillip Rivers is having his best kind of season in his borderline Hall of Fame career. You know, I think he's something at, like, 20 touchdowns and only four he's interceptions a gr- He's a so great far. regular season quarterback. Yep. A great regular so, season quarterback. So we'll see. But if you think about what is, like, what does a team need to potentially uh, disrupt one of these high-flying offenses – I'll go with the pass rushing combination there with the Chargers. Yeah, if they over have Joey Bosa back, but they just lost Melvin Ingram for the year, though. That's going to hurt. For the year? I think he's out for the year. Oh, really? I would love to check that. I did yeah. not. I did not see that, and that would absolutely that's really that, that's really going to hurt their run defense. Oh, that absolutely. That in essence means that like they're swapping Joey Boza out for more Melvin Ingram. You know what I mean? In essence, where the value is having these two studs on uh, either side getting into it. All right. I'm sorry. It was Denzel Perriman. Denzel ah, Perriman. Not Melvin well, that's Ingram. not Melvin Ingram. <laughs> no, that's a little that's, bit different. That's still a significant loss, though. Sure, it's just not the Pro Bowler that Melvin Ingram is, no, no. but I digress. Um, 
Let's get into this uh, this next game that I want to talk about. We've talked a little bit already about Packers-Seahawks, a little bit already about Panthers-Lions, a little bit already about Bengals-Ravens uh, with the you know changing in coaching staffs and things of that nature and, and, the, and the, the looming shadow of Lamar Jackson as the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. We talked about that a little bit. The next game I think is also interesting in the NFC. The Atlanta Falcons host the Dallas Cowboys. Falcons are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, listen, Dallas, you know, starting to see how they want to win. Ezekiel Elliott with 150-plus you know, scrimmage yards and touchdowns. Uh, Amari Cooper starting to get involved in the mix. Do you think this Dallas offense is primed to uh, improve over the course of the rest of the season? It's more solid. It's more balanced now. For the first time in a, in a column this week in the advanced scout on rotoexperts.com, I, de- I described Amari Cooper as steady. That's a new hmm. description. And when he does that, he opens things up for the other pass receivers. None of you could depend on fantasy, but, you know, Alan Hearns could do something in any given week. So could Cole Beasley. So could Michael Gallup. You know, it's pretty much Cooper plus the committee now. And the committee, uh, you know, it, it improves. It improves its outlook. Although you can't depend on them for any any of them for fantasy, but from an NFL perspective, it makes sense now. And you know, also that that they can't put the safety in the box like they used to, right. like Washington just was before the trade, and they got to ride Ezekiel Elliott. It's you know, Dak Prescott plays well when Ezekiel Elliott's going well. He can't carry the offense by himself. Uh, you know. It becomes very bad for Dak Prescott when the running game is not clicking. But now that it is, you know, Dak Prescott's a very viable fantasy QB, two down the stretch in fantasy. Yep. Let me ask you about these uh, Atlanta side of things. I want to ask you about Calvin Ridley. Um, listen, he had that stretch kind of weeks, oh, I don't know, like – two through four, let's say, where everybody was so excited about him, specifically that game against New Orleans where he went seven for 146 and three touchdowns. It's kind of calmed down a little bit in the last, oh, I don't know, month or so, right? There's the one game he had the touchdown against Washington, but these yardage totals are not that impressive. In four of his last five games, Scotty, 37 yards, 43 yards, 47 yards, 38 yards. He hasn't gotten above 50 in four of his last five games, but at the same time, the Atlanta Falcons offense, you know, is scoring 34, 38 points. Um, are you concerned at all about Calvin Ridley? Yeah, four of the last five games. Uh, only one double figure performance. You know, he had a good one in week nine, and you thought he was coming back around here, but, you know, Ridley, you know, still learning things at the NFL level, and outside of Julio Jones, they spread the ball around a lot. You know, it's Julio, then it, then it could be Austin Hooper is the number two guy. Uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu gets his occasional contributions. Every once only in a occasionally, while, though. Hall, only occasionally. <laughs> yeah, only Hall, only Hall may uh, Hall may score every once in a blue right. moon. So the running backs are viable in the past game as well. Uh, yeah, once in a while, yeah, occasionally. Uh, just saying, they're adding to the options. There's a lot of options. There. Yeah, it's just he can spread the ball around a lot there. So it's tough to trust anybody but Julio Jones right now. Yeah, absolutely. And Julio does get in the end zone still. You know, it's only two touchdowns this year. It's both on flat passes. So, you know, he right. can go on another four-game streak where he doesn't score. 
Yep, you have Calvin Ridley right now in your in-season rankings, Scotty, as wide receiver number 33. So still in the wide receiver three conversation, but just not as big as he once he was. was. He was number 16 at one point. There you go. So that's a big-time drop for uh, – Calvin Ridley. Scotty, I want to let people know that if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but you're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY. You'll get a 50% deposit bonus. So no more dealing with all that hassle. Just go to mybookie.ag Use the promo code FNTSY and start using the Props Builder tool so you can earn a little bit of cash. And I know everybody likes that. Scotty, uh, I want to start talking about this next game. Where do I want to go? I want to go to a very intriguing match. The Pittsburgh Steelers go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, okay? Listen, Scott, last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars and their defense were kind of like, you know— I don't want to say kryptonite to Big Ben, but like, you know, Big Ben certainly didn't like them. He had that big five interception performance where afterwards he said maybe he didn't have it anymore. And then they lose to Jacksonville in a playoff game. Don't get me wrong. Pittsburgh scored 40 plus points in that game. If I don't forget correctly, Vance McDonald went like seven for 116. So they were able to do some things. But the, Pitt- the Jacksonville Jaguars are kind of like a bugaboo for Big Ben right now. But... The Jaguars are not the same defense that they were last year. You think Big Ben can keep it rolling in Jacksonville? I don't see why not. It's just like uh, over the last because well, they or picked four them weeks, all five times last every, year. Uh, that was last year, though. It's a okay. different year now. For, forget last year. They're not the same team on defense. You know they haven't been for about the last month. And uh, you know, right now he's coming off a five touchdown game last week. Sure is. Uh, you know, Rothes, Rothes, Roethlisberger's playing pretty darn well. You know he's got. Nine touchdowns in his last three games. He is always capable of that, you know, that one touchdown, two hundred and fifty yard game. But forget last year. You know, it's uh you know, that's that's irrelevant now. All right. And this year, Ben Roethlisberger, by my count right now, is QB four in fantasy. And to be quite honest, it's even higher than that because he's done it in nine games, whereas two of the guys ahead of him, Patty Mahomes and Jared Goff, still have yet to have their bye. So on a per-game basis, Ben Roethlisberger is a top-three quarterback. We'll talk about this game and some of the other implications when we come back on the other side of the break. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Find us on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds for me, at Scotty Roto X for the King. We'll give you more analysis on Week 11 when we come back on the other side of the break. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle. We're breaking down the Week 11 games, the lines, the totals, 
and the implications for fantasy. Scott, on the other side of the break, we were talking about this Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game. I feel like Ricky Vaughn is about to come into onto the mound. Um, Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. This song, but I digress. This song has been remade so many times. Yeah, it's like, true. I, I can't count on, on two hands how many times yeah. this song has been covered. I think my I favorite you, version was like the Jimi Hendrix version. Sure. I mean, I will always think about the wild thing, Ricky Vaughn, when I hear that movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I was oh, a yeah. superstitious guy, Scotty. And, you know, I was like all city in high school playing baseball. I played at the college level. I had a superstition where really? I would watch. Yeah, where I would watch oh, the who last. Who play college ball for? Syracuse. Nice. Um, I was a center fielder and a leadoff hitter, thus the name Speeds. Um, but in any ah, event, ah, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Oh, yeah. I, I thought was it was that Speeds dude. just because you talk fast. Nope. I was that dude where everyone in the ballpark knew I was going, and I went anywhere. I went anyway, and no one was throwing me out. And I was covering a lot of ground out there in center field uh, until – the ACL injuries caught up to me, but I died. So, who was, no who was your favorite player name. growing up? Was it Bernie Williams because of that? Growing up, fielder? it depends on how. Yeah. No, I mean, like, the, it depends. <sighs> growing up, the way I consider it, my answer was going to be earlier Yankees than Bernie Williams. I was going to say Ricky Henderson um, was my guy. Right. The snatch oh, yeah. catch, the leadoff hitter, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Ricky being Ricky. The, uh, but, the leadoff hitter. <laughs> exactly. But. To answer your question, like, as a Yankees fan, my favorite Yankee of all time, a lot of people go with other, you know, guys like Derek Jeter or whatever. Mine is Mariano Rivera. End of story. Pure class. And what that meant when I saw Mariano Rivera, that meant the Yankees win. And so that's my man, Mariano Rivera. There's a reason he was the last man allowed to wear number 42 in Major League Baseball. I'll leave it at that. Let's go to this game, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Scotty, we were talking, we've been talking a lot this morning about name recognition, right, as it related to quarterbacks vis-a-vis Mitchell Trubisky. So let me ask you about this Jacksonville defense, right, that has the name recognition. Saxonville, last year our best friends forever. Mike Florio and Frank Stanfield called them the cat scratch fever, stuff like that. Do you, do you then want to take the over on this game, Scott? It's 47 and a half, but it sounds like you think that maybe these totals for Jacksonville are artificially inflated because this defense is public perception of this defense is different than reality. Would you take the over on this Pittsburgh Jacksonville game? The line right now stands at 47 and a half. Yeah, I could easily take the over on this game. You know, I think Jacksonville can bring up some points, especially with Leonard Fournette back. It's uh, right. This is not like I keep saying it's not last year. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep an eye out on that. Big Ben may be looking to get a little bit of revenge from last year as they go down to Jacksonville this Sunday. Scotty, the next game, the Houston Texans are playing the Washington football team in our nation's capital. Where do I look to for production in Washington? Jamison Crowder. Been out for a while. Chris Thompson, been out for a while. There was a guy that called me on Freestyle last night, Scott, and said, you know, I'm, I think he said he's four and six, right? Or five and five, something like that, like fringe playoffs. And he was like, can I cut Chris Thompson? You know, and I was like, listen, in your situation, absolutely. I was like, if I'm eight and two or nine and one, I'd hold on to him maybe in PPR settings. But you're in a position at four and six or five and five where you can't wait for him to come back. You need to run off two or three in a row right effing now. So where's the production coming from in Washington? I mean, no Richardson, no Crowder, um, no, no, uh, 
Thompson. You know, what is this? Is it, do we believe in Josh Dotson? People are picking up Maurice Harris, for goodness sakes. We know about Reed and Davis and what AP has been doing. But, like, where do we look to for production in Washington? You don't. Hmm. This is a team you well, don't look to answer. for fantasy production. <laughs> right. it's, it, it's true. You, you just don't. I mean, if you're desperate, you can go Maurice Harris or Josh Dotson. Uh, Adrian Peterson's a flex right now. The tight yeah. ends are irrelevant. Pretty much Jordan Reed stayed healthy. It's been a big disappointment. You know, this team is it's, it's maybe the m- most mediocre offense in the NFC. In the NFC, that's interesting. Dallas has upgraded. I would submit maybe Arizona, maybe San Francisco these days. Arizona's but I hear you. better. Yeah. All right. What about the Giants? These well, I'd, I guess they. Do I'd rather I'd rather have Nick Mullins guide my offense for potency, you know, right more than Alex yeah. Smith. Although I think Alex Smith, that I'd rather have as an NFL quarterback. All right. One thing that we do believe in in Washington is their defense, though, Scotty. What do you think is going to happen when Deshaun Watson and the Texans coming off a bye with Demarius Thomas come to town? I have been saying, look, they've been getting some pressure, right, Washington? Can't they wind up with another maybe five, six sacks on Deshaun Watson? Or do you believe that offensive line has turned the corner? I don't believe they've turned the corner based on one game here. So, you know, Washington could be a sneaky good play. You know, right Fair now enough. they're all, they're also fifth against the run, so I'm not going to expect nothing for Lamar Miller either. I mean, nobody gotcha. Austin stops DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they right. do have 25 sacks, but they are ranked 24th in pass defense. Okay, so talk to me real quick. What should I expect? You know, we know DeAndre Hopkins gets his. What should I expect from Demarius Thomas and probably the returning Kiki QT? How is this going to be opportunity? You know, split up between those two guys below DeAndre Hopkins. Let's say, what kind of roles do you anticipate them playing? Well, you know, you look you look at this week and uh, Washington gives up 270 passing yards per game. So Deshaun Watson, though, you know, could get hit a lot. So. I, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to trim that down to expecting about 225 passing yards. I don't think the, I think Demarius Thomas can be possession, but I don't expect a lot of upside. And this is Kiki QT's first game back, so I temper my expectations. I don't know if the upside is there for Kiki QT, you know, now with Demarius Thomas in the picture. Those two guys will be reliable, I think, and QT will score occasionally, but uh, I think the two will hurt each other's fantasy production, and I don't think Demarius Thomas has a lot of upside. All right, you have Demarius Thomas right there at the very end of wide receiver three territory in your current ranks, number 36 in wide receivers, and uh, QT further down at wide receiver 51. Uh, so maybe... For in-season ranks, yes, not line Right, on the in-season ranks. Fair enough, fair enough. The yeah. in-season ranks moving forward. So there you have that DT performing, looking like a back-end wide receiver three, and QT should not necessarily be started. Uh, Tampa Bay goes to our fair city, although it's actually New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. The Bucks and the Giants. Scotty, the Gi- like, I can't see either of these teams ever being favored ever again, but the Giants are two-point favorites here. Um, I don't know. Do we like this matchup against maybe the Tampa Bay uh, pass defense, might this be an opportunity for even guys like Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram to get it going? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You could consider Eline as, as a bi-week play once again. Mm. Uh, Sterling Shepard has been inconsistent, but you like him here. Uh, Evan Ingram, if you have to use him on a bye because he's now a tight end too, somebody that you consider. And on the other side of the ball, the Giants have the 15th-ranked passing defense. Uh 
you know, they're they're right middle of the pack right now. Uh, you know, they do have they do have ten interceptions right now. They're mm. one of the, just a few teams in double figures in that category, so they could be a sneaky defensive start as well. Because you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, and even if he gets pulled from Mahomes, both of those guys can turn the ball over. So the Giants could be a sneaky defensive play because it's not just about points allowed. You know, in terms of getting pressure yeah. on the quarterback, uh, I don't know if I expect that nearly as much from the Giants. Uh, they they only have ten sacks this year, so. Yep. Um, so let me ask you this. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, they, they, I'm sorry. Uh, I read that wrong. They only have six okay. interceptions and ten sacks. So, you know, I, uh, I, I was reading. That I was going to ask you about the interceptions. Yeah. Okay, no problem. But yeah. listen, the Tampa Bay quarterbacks will help that number. <laughs> That's one thing we know, Scotty, is yeah. that they will throw it. Um, I wanted to ask you about this. You, you yeah, I uh, just wanted to double check. You, you said even if they pull Fitzpatrick for Mahomes, it's obviously it would be Jameis Winston that they would pull him for. And we're getting reports that listen, Cutter thought about this briefly, going back to Winston after Ryan Fitzpatrick's three turnovers. We just talked about the Ravens. Scott, and we talked about how if they fall out of contention, they'll go to the kid, Lamar Jackson, right? Is the same true in Tampa? Like, when they're out of it, why continue to ride Fitzpatrick out there as opposed to seeing the same thing? They have to make a a decision on the fifth-year option of Jameis Winston coming up. Uh... Wouldn't tell me why it wouldn't be the same exact kind of mindset as Baltimore seeing what they have in the kid. Why wouldn't Tampa go back to their younger quarterback? We know Fitzpatrick is not the long-term answer there. Yeah, I can't tell you that it won't happen. Well, we talked about it a few weeks ago when they were yeah. three and five, and I said, right. you know, they're not out of it. That Fitzpatrick gives them the best chance to win. You know, now you have to look towards the future, and you got to give Jameis Winston maybe his yeah. final audition in a in a Tampa exactly. Bay uniform and decide whether you're going to move on next season or not. Right. They got a 50-year option to decide on. That's a high-leverage decision. The question is, who will be the head coach there helping make that decision? That might be an interesting uh, thing. Like, we're going to see a merry-go-round, I think, with some of these quarterbacks, Scott. You know, like next year, I'm thinking about guys like Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Joe Flacco. Like, these are guys that are going to be – Potentially starters in new uniforms, right? Like, could Ryan Tannehill be the Giants quarterback? Could Jameis Winston be the Jaguars quarterback, you know? Could Joe Flacco be the Bucks quarterback? You know, who knows, right? Like, we're going to start to see some musical chairs with these guys and maybe even people like Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod, stuff like that, right? We're going to see some musical chairs and quarterback in the offseason. Yeah, none of them are super appealing names either. Sure. No, none of them are super appealing, but these could be guys that we've talked about before that could be the quote-unquote bridge to someone that's drafted, right? Like, let's say Miami goes ahead and drafts a first-round quarterback, let's say Will Greer from West Virginia, right? In that scenario, someone like a Joe Flacco could be a perfect bridge for them, you know, um, and that could be what we see with some of these teams, but I digress. Let's move on to another look, game. Miami hasn't had a good quarterback since Dan Marino, so it's never going to look good. Yeah, I hear you. They've been jinxed. They, 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 they have been, they have been cursed. Is it the curse of Ray Finkel? It's the, it's the curse of Marino. <laughs> right, they have not been enough. able to effectively replace him yep. since he retired. It's like an 18 year curse right now. Well, listen, the Jets haven't been able to effectively replace Joe Namath for a lot longer than that. I, you know what? I was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. You <laughs> know, okay. but I've always, I've always maintained that Joe made a deal with the devil, you know, that he Maybe. wins that one Super Bowl and the Jets listen, never win again. 
Listen, in that deal, it might have been just more than just winning that Super Bowl. He was high flying in New York City in a great time to be doing so with the with the fur coats and Studio Fifty Four. Joe Namath did just fine for himself. Next game, Scotty. Studio Fifty Four was a little after him. Uh, Studio Fifty Four was seventy seven. It was like late seventies. It was mid to late seventies. Yeah, he was he was he out of New York Bowl. by then. Okay, fine. no, but I'm saying Early he was 70s, he was out of was New York still- by then. Right, he was in Los Angeles to end his career with the Rams, I believe. But, I mean, like, you know, he was high-flying. I mean, the Jets won that Super Bowl in 69, right? So, early 70s, Joe and Mickey Mantle were dominating the back pages in all these clubs. Didn't he, Joe Namath oh, also yeah, but open I'm... his own club at one point in time, maybe? Oh, yeah. With like Mickey his celebrity, his celebrity, his celebrity has sustained. But I'm just, right. I was just saying that, like, right. his playing days, he wasn't going to Studio 54. He was hitting some other clubs. That was yeah, like before right. that, though. It's interesting, it, though. I remember, I remember as a kid when he played for Los Angeles, and now, uh, now Richard Sherman's in a 49ers uniform. Like that's kind of like Joe Namath playing for the Rams. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Joe Montana with Kansas City, you know yeah. that sort of thing. It's Tennessee look goes. Right. To, yep, I hear you. Tennessee goes to Indianapolis. We still got a lot of games to talk about here, Scotty. The Colts are two point favorites. Talk to me about this AFC South. You know, we had the regular season wins bet, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm not going back to that. But this division is very interesting. The Texans have run off like five or six in a row. But, you know, we talked about Jacksonville, how we don't really believe in them. Their defense is a little different. The Tennessee Titans kind of keep on plugging along, getting less respect than they deserve. But don't look now. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, Andrew Luck has this offense moving. What do you expect in this game? Tennessee-Indianapolis in what is now an interesting AFC South matchup. The thing with Tennessee, though, is they can't sustain any momentum for an extended period. Just when you think they're starting to get it, you know, they, they, they fall apart. Now, they have the six-ranked pass defense. I don't care about that with Andrew Luck right now. To me, I have Andrew Luck ranked second in my in-season uh, court, quarterback ranks on rotoexperts.com. He's playing that good. And I'm still seeing people saying, I'm worried about Luck. And I'm like, why? Yeah, you know, right. the guy has six consecutive games with three touchdown passes. He's back playing at an elite level. It's been, it's been tremendous. Tennessee has a six-ranked pass defense. I don't care about that. You know, Eric Ebron's my top five tight end. He's getting in the end zone all the time. He's a top target for luck near the end zone. He's he's a must start every week, even with Jack Doyle back. Indianapolis has a 21st-ranked pass defense. Marcus Mariota's playing better lately, so uh, I think he's a good streamer this week if you're missing Tom Brady uh, or you need to plug somebody else in for any other reasons. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, you know, rushing against these teams, you want to see Marlon Mack bounce back after a uh, after a bad week. But Tennessee's got the the tenth ranked pass def- run defense. Uh, they only allow ninety nine eight point eight yards per game, so it might not be a good week for Mack. Uh, on the other side, Indianapolis is uh, much further down the ladder. You know, when you're talking about def- well, not that far. They're twelfth against the run, but uh, yeah, I think they'll have a lot of trouble with Deion Lewis and uh, yeah. You know, run it, run, 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 Corey, uh, Corey Davis out there with some confidence, but uh, you know he's never been able to have two good games in a row. But still, you know, I could see points being scored in this game. All right, you mentioned you have Eric Ebron, Scotty, as your number four tight end right now in your in-season rankings at the tight end position. But you also have Jack Doyle as your number 10 tight end in those very same rankings. I've been getting a lot of questions on social media about Ebron and Doyle. It sounds like your official opinion is start them both. 
Yeah, you can start them both because the number two and three wide receivers, pass catchers, you know, you can make a case. Is Ebron number one right now, you know, when it comes to touchdowns and standard? Yes, he can. Uh, you know, Hilton isn't that far ahead of Ebron in overall production at all. Yeah. I mean, he uh, missed I think a lot he's of actually games behind him. He, he did, but, games. you know, since he's come back, you know, the, we haven't seen the classic kind of production, and Luck's having a good year. I still say T.Y.'s the number one, Ebron's number two, Doyle is number three, but Ebron is just getting so many end zone and red zone looks from Luck that Doyle is just not. So uh, you can start Doyle every week because you can have five to seven catches in any game, but when we talk about getting in the end zone, it's all about Ebron. He is the man for them in the red and the green zone. Yep, absolutely. We only got a minute left before the break. That's enough time to talk about this next game, Oakland Raiders and Arizona Cardinals. Scott, I mean, outside of David Johnson, uh, are there, literally, are there um, the Arizona defense, are there any other players that should be in starting lineups this week, even with six teams on a bye? Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald's come back to life uh, recently. Everybody's talking about David Johnson, but Larry Fitzgerald's played better recently as well. Oakland's 29th-ranked pass defense. Uh, I think you got to like Fitzgerald this week. Ricky Seals-Jones had nine targets last week, five catches for 50-some-odd yards as well. With six teams on a bye, would you, uh, would you consider him as well? Yes or no? I think you have to. All right, fair enough. We uh, keep it moving. When we come back, the home stretch on Fantasy Sports Today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We're looking at some of these Week 11. Scott, I can't believe it's Week 11 already. I remember talking to you about preseason Week 3, just like it was yesterday. I remember in preseason Week 3 where the Rams and the Bears didn't play any of their starters <laughs> and they were breaking the norms of preseason. Well, a lot of norms have been broken this season, especially as it relates to offensive football. Um, another game that is going to have a very high total that we still may take the over on is back down in the dome in the late game. This has got to be America's game of the week. The Eagles travel to the dome to take on the Saints. The total is 54 and a half. I want to ask you, Scott about the newest Philadelphia Eagle, Golden Tate. You know, in my opinion, he wasn't on the field a lot on Sunday night, but that was because maybe he knows the basics of the playbook, but he didn't know the hot routes. He didn't know what to do if Carson Wentz was like, kill, 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 you know, that sort of thing. And when they were trailing and needed to have that kind of four-minute offense, he just wasn't equipped to be able to be on the field. Um, Will he be this week? I think so. I think with every passing week, you know, he's going to get more – involved in the offense. Uh, you know, now he's had another week to learn the playbook. He really didn't have the benefit of a bye week like Amari Cooper did to learn the offense and just focus on the practices, etc. So good time to buy low on Golden Tate right now. And uh, Philadelphia's got the 20th-ranked pass defense. 
Uh, so there's going to be a lot of lot of points scored in this game. Got to love Olshan Jeffrey. Uh, you know, maybe Nelson Aguilar could even be a, a DFS punt this week. Uh, get, Speeds will get another good game from Zach Ertz, etc. But uh, I, I think certainly New Orleans, you know, wants to utilize their running backs. They have a a better running game. Uh, but you know, let's see what happens with Josh Adams this week. He's going to get the opportunity, mm. and this will be very telling. Yeah, Peterson said they do want to get him more touches. Um, you know about the studs on both of these teams, right? You know on the Saints where you're going. Drew Brees having an MVP caliber season. You know about Kamara. You know about Michael Thomas, who is shattering records for early stages of an NFL career. Um, you know, making his uncle Keyshawn proud. Are you taking the over in this game, Scotty? It's 54 and a half. Yeah, definitely. 30, 27, something like that at least, right? Yeah, something like that, like... 38 31 something like that yep we'll take the over on this game for sure you're starting everybody right i think the line you draw maybe at nelson aguilar and you know about the saints you know about breeze kamara ingram and michael thomas uh you're not though getting anybody else involved right you're not getting ben watson you're not getting traquan smith and you don't believe in brandon marshall right out of the gate either no not 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 using brandon marshall he's not going to be in a roster I saw Fair somebody enough. in one of my le- – I think it was our league, like actually – no, one of my dynasty leagues, like somebody spent like 125 out of 1,000. I'm like, you mm. just wasted some money. If somebody spent $500 in our Greenwich Tavern League on Des Bryant last week. Yeah, because that's what I keep saying. It's all about name recognition. people. I remember the day before Des got hurt, somebody asked me on Twitter, said – would you trade Des Bryant to get David Johnson? I'm a little worried that Des could blow up. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'd easily make that trade. Sure. <laughs> I would not make that trade if I was the David Johnson owner. But, hey, you know, sometimes people out this here. This is not 2012, you know. Yeah, Come who knows on. what some people are thinking. All right. Um, another game that I think is interesting, this time in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos go to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Scotty, this is the first time the Chargers have played a home game in their home stadium since the first week of October. Scott, in the last five weeks, they've had three road games, a bye, and their one quote-unquote home game was in London. All right, so this is the first time that the Chargers are sleeping in their own bed before a game in over a month and a half. They are seven-and-a-half-point favorites, 46-and-a-half is the total. I'm telling you right now, Scotty, I'm betting the Chargers until, until I see them – like, until the streak is broken, let's say. They are hot right now, in my opinion. Um, you know how I've been on them for most of the season. But the Chargers have won. One, two, three, four, five, six in a row, scoring, you know, 20 plus 20 points in every game. Some, you know, 38 points, 29 points. They have one of these balanced offenses you talk about. Phillip Rivers, 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. And Melvin Gordon also performing as a top five running back. I'm all over the Chargers on this one. Yeah, and then you look at the fact that Denver has a 23rd-ranked pass defense. Uh, you got to like Rivers, but you know, what receiver can you depend on outside of Keenan Allen? You're taking a risk with Terrell Williams or Mike Williams. Interesting. Um, yeah, that was going to kind of be a question for me. I would lean towards Terrell Williams personally, but I hear yeah. you that, uh, you know, after Mike Melvin Williams Gordon, could just be one catch. Right. Right. Or Mike Williams could be two touchdowns <laughs> on deep balls, yeah. you know. So it, it, On it one is catch. Interesting. Yeah. Do you expect um, Royce Freeman 
to return? And if so, does it matter? If so, does it impact the usage of Philip Lindsay? Uh, I expect him to return, but he really hasn't been a factor since week two. So I don't expect him to, to be one this week. Yeah, you but know, what maybe about he'll the get impact? Go ahead. I was going to say, what about the impact as it relates to Philip Lindsay, though? Like, might it just suppress it's not a factor. Philip Lindsay, Lindsay, no. no. Philip Lindsay okay. has been the clear number one running back for this team since week three. All right. Fair enough. Uh, last game I want to talk about. We only got a couple of minutes before we turn it over to the morning after with Gabe Morency, our guy, the fantasy executive, morning Corey Parson, and, of course, the, uh, the lovely Michelle Serpico, of course. But uh, Sunday Night Football, Scotty, is going to be a big one. In the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears, these are the two top teams in the NFC. Whoever wins this, in the NFC North, whoever wins this game has the inside track, really, on the NFC North champion um, and home game in the playoffs. Uh, Do we believe this Mitchell Trubisky-led Bears offense continues to uh, be very productive? It is. Like Chicago and Minnesota have the second and third-ranked run defenses, respectively, but we've seen Minnesota can you know can be burned in the air. Uh, you know they're 11th ranked against the pass. Uh, Chicago, you know it, it's as far as, as far as them against the pass, they're 12. So they're both middle of the road. But I, I think you know uh, that offenses can they really impose their will on defenses. You know these days. So I'm not worried about Trubisky. Kirk Cousins has been kind of slumping fantasy wise recently, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stefan Diggs also missed, missed the team's last game. Do you expect him to be back now after the bye? Good he's, to go. He said he expects to be back. He's, he yeah. said he practiced in full yesterday. And remember, the last week the Vikings played without Stefan Diggs, that's when Adam Thielen broke his streak of 100-yard games. I know he got banged up a little bit as well, but the return of Stefan Diggs has to mean good things for Adam Thielen too, right? Yeah, but he still could have went over 100 yards if he didn't get hurt. So, you know, I I don't know if we can speculate on that. But, you know, Cousins, even before Diggs got hurt, you know, the last few games haven't been that good. Yeah, I I hear you on that. Listen, we talk about also how tight end is such a wasteland right now. You have uh, Kyle Rudolph all the way down as tight end 18, Scott. And this was a guy who was drafted you know, kind of in that tier of tight end 7 through 11, let's say. What's up with Kyle Rudolph this year? It just hasn't been there. The production hasn't been there. He's, it's all about the top two receivers and nobody else. It's like I remember the GST draft. Me and my buddy Dom were arguing, like, I wanted Jack yes. Doyle. He, I remember. He, I was sitting right next he, to you He wanted guys. Kyle Rudolph. Two rounds after, he takes Kyle, he like, he, he takes Kyle Rudolph because he's like, you all be one. And I'm like, why are we drafting two premier tight ends that I don't even like the second one? So that's sometimes why I hate I hate co-ownership. But we're eight, yeah. so it's okay. Hey, can't be mad at that. You got a win over me last week as well. We'll be back tomorrow, Scott. Have a great fantasy day. We'll talk about Thursday Night Football and more of your ranks tomorrow. Fantasy Sports Radio Network.